Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies talking about cinema. This is Cinnabuds. I am 88.9's Justin Barney. I'm Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard. And today, we are talking about all kinds of stuff. We are talking about how festivals are handling this time, how theaters are handling this time, and how the movie industry as a whole is adjusting to what is going on. We've got me, we've got Kay Polly, and then in the podcast, we are bringing in special guest Matt Miller from onmilwaukee.com to talk to us about what the industry is doing. We're also going to talk a little bit uh, about a festival that I went to right as all this uh, pandemic started to heat up. Um, so we're going to talk about that festival. That'll be a fun one. Uh, <laughs> less doom uh-huh. less doom and gloom. Uh, but uh, we'll talk about the True False Film Festival in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, before we go, could you tell us about one movie that you saw at True False? Yeah. Um, True False in Columbia, Missouri. It's a documentary film festival and, uh, it's about four days long. And, uh, I'd say the, one of the ones I'm not going to, I'm going to save my favorite for later in the podcast, but one of my favorites was a movie called, uh, feels good, man. And feels good. Man is about Pepe the frog. Are you familiar with him? Um, unfortunately, yes. Right. Exactly. So Pepe the frog was this very innocuous cartoon character drawn and written by Matt Fury, who's this great comic artist. Then the alt-right and white supremacists took, stole it essentially and started using it for like hate speech and as a, as a mascot, which can you like, just as an artist trying to imagine something I was done that was very sweet taken and used for evil. So it was a great documentary uh, about that whole journey, about how that happened and and the repercussions of it. Do they talk to the artist about oh, how yeah. he feels? It's all about wow. Him. It's him fully through the whole thing. He's this very sweet guy, and uh, he's got a family, and he just he's kind of he's self professed sort of like a just a dummy. I'm just making uh, these these uh, cartoons about you know, going to the bathroom in front of your friends and stuff like that. <laughs> and he said it, I tried to ignore it at first, but at some point you have to take a stand when someone's taking your work and using it for these awful, awful reasons. Wow. That's, that's such an interesting perspective on that. Yeah. It's a very, it's like a sad story, but it's also very powerful and he deals with it really well. He has some successes and some failures, but it really highlights that whole story and, so as an artist, it's very interesting as just as watching that whole thing unfold during the election. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. So what's that called? It's called Feels Good, Man. And is that on any kind of streaming? It is not available yet. Uh, what with everything going on, a lot of people are putting their stuff out online much earlier. So keep an eye out for it, I would say. After the break, we're going to keep talking about film festivals, theaters, amidst the pandemic. Uh, so stay tuned. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out your donor benefits and the thank you gifts to show off your 88.9 pride. 
And uh, we're back. And oh, we're back. And we're back. Boy. Um, okay, we're back talking about how festivals, theaters, and industry are handling the pandemic. South by Southwest, uh, which was canceled, was, was like the first event that was canceled. Yeah. Um, I was supposed to go. It was really, you know, at first I was like really bummed out. And then it was like, oh, yeah, this is this is yeah you know canceled for a reason and uh, uh the film festival is supposed to go on but right now the film festival that film festival is going online they're going to do 10 days on amazon where it's if you are a prime member or not if you just like have or make a login you're going to be able to watch all the films at the festival that's great what do you as a person that goes to a lot of festivals and uh you know, multiple festivals a year in different places. What do you think about going online? Well, it's not ideal, obviously, but it's really right. essentially what it is, is making the best of a bad situation. I mean, no one's, we haven't had to deal with this in our lifetime. Um, and, you know, movies to be, let's just put it in perspective. It's a small part of what's happening. <laughs> so right. as I talk, please be aware that I'm like far more important things. However, film is really important and it's a part of our daily lives. And so, and then these filmmakers, these artists work so hard and they got a big break. They got in the South by Southwest and then something like this happens. That's tragic for them, you know? So, I mean, this, this is a way to get your film seen, to get your work acknowledged. So, I mean, going online is a great way to make you know make up as best we can for missing this opportunity because festivals are a live event they're they're i mean they're meant to be you go out you go you walk from venue to venue you meet people there's other events this is definitely festivals are meant to be out in the world however this is a wonderful wonderful way to uh still at least get the magic of seeing these people's these new films and these brilliant filmmakers you still get to see them you still get exposed to them and then once we're back out in the world we can go back to normal right and and so one festival that you did get to go to before everything was canceled before south by southwest yeah. was canceled was true false yeah um tell us a little bit more about true false like what is so i feel like every Every festival like has a vibe, and that's like you know South by Southwest going online. It's like the movies are there, and it is about the movies. Certainly, that's you know what all these are about. But a festival is also, I I think, if you haven't been to a festival, the live aspect of it is kind of. I remember like being lost and just being like, okay, so everyone is in movies are in a dark theater, and you go into a dark theater and don't talk to anybody. What what is the point of having a festival where right. everyone goes into a quiet, dark space? But there really is something about being at a festival, and there is a different energy at every festival. What's the energy like at True False? Like, what's its identity? You know, it is. I mean, it's so interesting. This is why I like True False so much. So, I'm from Missouri originally. It's in the middle of Missouri, Columbia, Missouri. It's a big college town. It's Mizzou. Um, it's a four day f- documentary film festival. So when I you hear documentary film festival, you think, oh, it's very serious and it's very somber, probably. Documentaries, usually heavy subjects. 
and that's not not untrue. There's a lot of heavy subjects dealt with, but it is such a fun festival outside of that. Like, like you said, you go, you're going from place to place. It's not, you're going into a dark theater and watching the movie is one part of it. Getting to and from those theaters, the entertainment around the theaters, the events they have around the vibe there. That's like, that's a big chunk of how you feel at these festivals. Yeah, for real. There's a, so true false has a, parade all my coworkers make fun of me because how much i enjoy the parade (laughs) Uh, because it's a real like down and dirty parade just like anyone can join um they have art installations in the streets they block some streets off there's music everywhere but before each film there are um buskers so there's and they're from all over the country they come they play music for while people are loading in the theater and then they pass a hat around the theater it's cool. really, really fun. But yeah, at any festival, there's there's always there's people talking to you. You get to meet the filmmakers and the producers and the stars. And that's the same at True False. I mean, it's very, very much a community. And people, just throngs of people on the streets. Because it's a, it's a small footprint of their festival. Yeah. So you're yeah. constantly passing. I mean, and it's a college town, too. So it's just a lot of people on the streets, hanging out, eating and talking. So uh, you said that you're saving your favorite film that you saw for the podcast. Oh, yeah. Now that we are in the we're, podcast. We're within, we're firmly within the podcast. What was your favorite? Um, there's a movie that it's not only my favorite at the festival, it's one of my favorites of the year so far. It's a documentary called Dick Johnson is Dead. Okay. And it's by Kirsten Johnson is the director. She did a great movie called Camera Person that came out a couple of years ago that was a big critical success. Um, so uh, Dick Johnson is dead is dead is about her dad. Who's Dick Johnson, uh, the titular mm-hmm. Dick Johnson. <laughs> and yes. it is, I love a funny documentary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And this documentary is really funny. It is also heartbreaking. You're going to, so it's one of those, like you'll laugh, you'll cry. <laughs> right. But I was in the theater with approximately 1,500 people. They have some big venues there. 1,500 people just cracking up. And then eventually you could hear sobs. <laughs> um, and I don't want to spoil anything. It says Dick Johnson is dead, but is he? I'm not going to say. <laughs> but the the premise of the film is her dad uh, is diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And she and her dad are wildly close they're extremely close and he may be one of the sweetest human beings i've ever seen on screen (laughs) he's just so sweet and fun and pleasant um and has such a good sense of humor and so what they want to do is they want to deal with his death before his death comes so what she does is she stages all these death scenes for her dad (laughs) (laughs) to sort of make make light of it a little bit like have fun yeah yeah yeah. that yes my dad is going to die we're all going to die he has this disease that we have to deal with but let's also kind of celebrate his life and his sense of fun by having these stuntmen come in so they do all these extreme uh not that extreme but some of these death scenes that they set up and you see them set them up but sometimes you're kind of taken unaware like oh that was a death scene that wasn't an actual accident so it's really funny and a little dark, but then you see their relationship and how they are and you hear the history of her, of their mother. 
it, it was really just emotionally wonderful, joyous and sad at the same time. And then Kirsten Johnson was there and she talked a bit about it, about her dad. And she was really fun. She was going out into the audience with the microphone. She decided not to stay on stage. So, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that's great about festivals. You get to see them and you kind of get these kind of wonderful moments. Yeah. Is that one on, on streaming? That one's not yet. It, I know Netflix has purchased it, so it'll eventually be on Netflix. I know that we would love to have it at our festival, I'm sure. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not in programming, so I don't know how, what's going on there. But I know I personally would hope, hope that we would be able to have it before. Because I think it's doing a round of festivals before it goes online. That was the plan. Now, with, with everything that's going on, it's really hard to say. But eventually, it will be on Netflix. But hopefully, it'll be the theater at some point, too. I'm thinking about the Milwaukee Film Festival. And I know that it's, you know, it's a thing that I have you know, wait for all the time and have been wondering, I don't know if you can say or not, but what is the, you know, what's going on with the Milwaukee Film Festival? Does it look like it's on track? Oh, and I can't say, but not because I'm not allowed. It's just because we don't know. So I think what everyone is kind of feeling right now is just like, there's zero way for us to know what's going to happen in the coming months. There's a lot of predictions about when this will go away but then it's really hard to know once it's quote unquote over how people are going to feel about going out, um, how businesses will rebound. So there's just so many unknowns that it's really hard to say so far. We're still planning um, for the possibility. We're, we're hoping to, obviously. Um, and ours is f- farther into the fall. So I would just say everyone keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> if we can do it, we will. Oh yeah. Can you talk quickly about uh sofa cinema? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we launched as a lot of people, a lot of independent theaters are doing while we're waiting to be able to open our theaters again. Um, we launched an online platform. Um, it's called sofa cinema. So it's mkefilm.org slash sofa cinema, or you can just Google sofa cinema, Milwaukee film. Um, and we're just, it's very similar to the theater where we're just, we're putting up three, three or so films at a time. We'll play those for a while and then we'll add new ones later. Um, I think every week, I think we're adding a new one. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure we're adding or taking away that kind of thing, but essentially it's like uh, we're currently, we have like three films online that you can go on. You can pay to watch them. Um, distributors are being very generous right now and they're splitting they're being very generous with their split. So you are supporting Milwaukee film by watching those, the, those uh, films that we offer. That's rad. Okay. And that's sofa cinema. Google it. Yeah. Or go to Milwaukee film. Yeah. slash sofa cinema. Okay. We've been talking about how festivals are handling this, how theaters are handling it. And we now have a guest, Matt Miller from on Milwaukee. Matt, are you there? Hello. Thank you for having me. Hello. Hey, Matt. This is very exciting. I've been I've I've pestered Justin uh, for 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 months about being on the podcast, and it took a pandemic, but I finally got on. <laughs> I know. I kept telling him, absolutely not, absolutely not. <laughs> but I'm at home. I can't. I can't force his hand anymore. <laughs> you know, like these takes—they're too spicy. We can't have them. <laughs> He's a spicy boy. Um, <laughs> Um, Matt, I 
wanted to have you on because um, obviously you're a great voice of cinema in Milwaukee and you know a lot and you also have opinions that are great and you're funny. Uh, so ma that makes you an ideal guest. And then also you're kind of like on the beat of what's happening in the industry. I think a little bit more than like, like you follow what is going on and how the studios are adjusting and if people are going online or whatever. So mm -hmm. how is the industry handling this? What are they doing? Right now, it's a lot of a lot of wait and seeing on the industry's part. Uh, we saw a lot in the case of Universal. I think you saw a little bit of a panic right off the bat. Uh, yeah, they put a lot of their stuff. They were the first studio to take the movies that were in theaters at the time, stuff like The Invisible Man and Emma, and put it onto basically VOD, uh, video on demand. And then they they took an even bigger step and they took Trolls World Tour. And it this is the state of the world where Trolls World Tour is this ground shaking Hollywood. Dude, situation. it does look good. Do not do not besmirch <laughs> the good name of Trolls 2, which I have been looking forward to for over a year, have Matt. You, have you seen the original Trolls? Have you seen Trolls 1? I have not seen Trolls 1, but Trolls 2 looks incredible. <laughs> yeah trolls is a little bit like cats in which drugs are necessary like it is uh, in which i loved yeah so it's not good but it's far more psychedelic than any kids movie should probably be uh but okay how dare you how yeah. dare you <laughs> but you have universal putting that movie technically on vod basically making trolls world tour a direct to dvd movie i mean it's technically getting a theatrical release on april 10th but five like a hundred theaters are open nationwide at max so and that really upset a lot of movie theaters because obviously this is a bit this was going to be a big movie. It's a 90 million dollar movie. It's a kids movie which is normally guaranteed money. And yeah. they uh they 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 kind of ditched it. And I don't know if they saw the numbers behind the scenes and thought that it was like okay, we're we're not going to make our money back on this movie. We're not going to have the big opening weekend we want. So Maybe we just dump it on VOD and call it a call it a day. Uh, I think that's it, it. Scared me. I I got scared by that because studios for eons have wanted premium VOD. They've wanted to shorten the release window between when a movie is released into theaters and when it is available at home. And this kind of seems like a golden opportunity for them to kind of you know, bend, bend, bend theaters over a barrel and be like, Hey, sorry, you can't open. We're going to have to put all of our, all of our stuff into theaters. And it doesn't seem like you're not going to see that happen with big movies, black widow, Mulan. They are not going to go to VOD or streaming. There's too much money to be made and they spent too much money on those movies. But I think some of the smaller movies, your indie movies, Artemis Fowl, Artemis Fowl uh, has, like has been straight. moved. Uh, yeah, Artemis Fowl has been moved to to uh, Disney Plus, which made sense. Artemis Fowl was was doomed to not make money in theaters, anyways. That movie's about a decade too late. Um, but you're gonna you're gonna say, I mean, you saw the independent movie, uh, never, never, sometimes, always, rarely. I always mess up the title of that movie. And there's five other movies coming out this year with a similar name. Really good independent movie. 
uh, but that got sh- uh, shifted to VOD uh, before Milwaukee, before a market like Milwaukee even had a chance to get it. Uh, and I find that really disappointing because they're not going to make their money back on VOD and they're not going to get the attention that they would have gotten in theaters. Uh, if you had to make a Venn diagram, I think, of the the target audience for a lot of these mid-budget movies and the Venn diagram of people who don't understand how to use a lot of VOD and digital uh, systems, you'd have close to a circle I, I, I get concerned about. So you think the move to VOD is bad because it's going to hurt the industry in the long run? You think that now that they're in, there's no going out. Am I am I wrong in saying that? Or that I, I was correct? very alarmist when things started. I was very like the sky is falling. Studios, I've I've backed off that a little bit. I do think the studios do see the 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 importance of theaters, and I think people see the importance of theaters. I think at the end of this all, people are going to be desperate to go to movies again, similar to how they're going to be desperate to go to restaurants and bars again. Uh, there is something, I mean, I've watched a lot of Netflix movies here at home and it isn't the same. It isn't the same. No matter how good your, your stereo, no matter how good your screen is at home, it isn't the same. So I do think that theaters will survive, but I don't know if it's going to be the same universe. I don't know how many of the smaller theaters are going to be able to survive. I don't know if AMC is going to survive. There's been a lot of news that their credit rating has gone down and a lot of their uh, they leveraged a lot. They were in a bad place before the, the this pandemic broke out, and obviously now they can't make money, and obviously their their doors are shut. So, and they're the largest movie theater chain in the country, so obviously if they shut down, that's a lot of theaters uh, closing down. What do you What do you think would be the smartest thing for theaters to do? What like if we put Matt Miller in charge of the entire movie industry. Let's just imagine that for a let's second. Let's do it. <laughs> let's let's just do that. Matt, you're Matt, you're the king. You know, you rule all studios. Three D um, re-releases every day. Um, <laughs> step up three D so in theaters every step day. Colon to the streets. <laughs> so so, what do you? How do you think that the industry should handle this? What do, or what do you think is like? What do you think they should have done or should be doing? Or what, what do you think is the best outcome? Here? I, I think patience is a really good one right now. I think what you saw with Universal was panic. Uh, I, I think yeah. they freaked out about what to do with trolls. And I think if, if they could go back, I think... I, I mean, it's great for parents. It's great for people at home that have kids that for $20... They're going to have a new kids movie to show their kids. And I know people, some people kind of gasp at the $20 price tag for some of these premium rentals. And I want to be like, have you been to a movie lately? Have you paid for movie tickets? If you're a family of four going to see Trolls World Tour, trust me, that costs a lot more than $20. But at the same time, they're they're not going to make their money back on VOD. So I, I think patience is a big is a big key. I get concerned, like I said, about the mid-majors. I would hold back on those. I get really frustrated by people who get excited about things coming to VOD. I know we're all stuck inside. I know we're all desperate for entertainment. But all these people online who are like, oh, why don't they just put Mulan on Disney Plus? Why don't they just put Black Widow on Disney Plus? Why don't they just put this in put this on, on Netflix now? 
A, the movie's not going to make money. Your studio's not going to make money. And B, are you telling me that in a world where we have 45 million streaming services that you've watched everything, that you have run (laughs) out of new things to watch? There is decades of cinema available on streaming platforms and decades of television, and you're desperate. You need them to release a new movie for you and risk their financial stake and risk the movie getting buried and lost. I I, I find it so selfish and so. Yeah, and it's also wrong. It's just wrong. <laughs> it's the it's impatience to yeah. wait for this all to be over and then go see a big. You want to see. I mean, not that I really want to see Mulan, I'm sorry. But if I were to want to see Mulan, I would want to see it on a big screen. Um, there's mm-hmm. like most of these movies, obviously, I'd rather see on the big screen. But particularly, it's like some of these big action movies, big, big, beautiful, you know, sweeping epics. Why do you want to watch it on your laptop? And and it's it's exactly it's not going to do it any favors. I I think Marvel movies in general kind of look a little crummy. And trust me. Watching Black Widow on your TV at home is not going to do it favors. And maybe yeah. Black Widow looks great, but no matter what it looks like, it's not going to look great on your screen at home. It's just not going to look as good. But it's just this impatient, I want it now kind yeah. of attitude we have towards movies and, and art in a lot of cases. And it's really frustrating. A lot of smart people in the crit- in the arts criticism industry are, are you know, che- cheering. Like a lot of people were really happy to see uh, never, never, rarely, sometimes, always go on streaming VOD. And I was like, this is a loss. This movie will yeah. not get the viewers and it will not get the attention and it will be forgotten and pushed aside so quickly as a result of this. And everyone's just like, yeah, I get to watch it now. The, the, yeah. piece, the piece that I wrote, uh, the interview that I wrote can run now. And it's just, it, it's just also self-serving. Be patient. I, that, that would be my thing. It'd be really interesting uh, to see in uh, the summer, mid to late summer, um, because there's a lot of, I, I know I've heard that a lot of production or almost all film production has shut down. So a lot of things that were going to be coming out in July are not going to be coming out in July. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see if it's just the ones that were slated to be released, then they'll come out in the sum- summer. But with the films that are being made now, are we pushed to what, like December or something? Yeah, I think a lot of people had this idea that, oh, these movies are getting delayed. We're going to have this massive backlog of movies in the fall right. and winter. And and that's not particularly going to be the case. Uh, you're going to end up seeing a lot of movies get delayed further back. What you saw with Disney movies, and especially with the Marvel films, is that basically they just pushed every movie back uh, one slot. Yep. And I think you're going to see that with a, with a lot of these things. I think you might see, uh, for instance, Tenet, the new Christopher Nolan movie, which is still scheduled for July. They're still holding firm to that date. I think their thinking is they can be the first big blockbuster after sure. life comes becomes normal. We'll see what that if that happens. And if it doesn't happen, I could see that moving to where the Batman, the new Batman movie that was supposed to come out, it would probably take that slot because the Batman can't can't film right now. They have shut down production. So everything, instead of everything being bunched together, what you're going to see is just basically the whole calendar just shift back. Um, It it is going to get a little tricky later this year when you have finished productions 
ramming up against stuff that was delayed. You're seeing that with horror movies right now, where there's just a, a clog around uh, around the fall because you've got Candyman looking for a new release date. You've got the 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 Chris Rock Samuel Jackson Saw movie looking for a release date. You've got Antlers, uh, the Guillermo del Toro produced uh, horror movie, still looking for a release date. All of them are still looking for release dates while you also have Halloween Kills obviously coming out around Halloween. So you're going to have a little bit of a clog, but it's not going to be like you're going to have Wonder Woman coming out the same weekend as Batman coming out the same weekend as as Black Widow. It's it, it's going to be tighter than usual, but it, it's not going to be I the... Think we do that. I say we put a, pit them all head to head, like a Thunderdome situation. Exactly. the The top ten movies survive, and they get to keep yeah. it, they get to keep their franchises going. And if you didn't finish in the top ten, too bad. <laughs> you right. got to come up with a new franchise. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, I think that that is some incredible insight. Um, I think that that's great. I you really <laughs> answered a lot of my questions so now we can talk about piranha 3d right (laughs) is that coming to vod it's it's on somewhere (laughs) it used to be on netflix not in 3d unfortunately i don't think people understand i am legitimately i love piranha 3d it is (laughs) the best schlock it is premium schlock (laughs) Um, okay do you is there any other like is there anything that you left unsaid here, Matt? I'll be interested to see what happens with the new streaming services. I think that's where things get very interesting because you've got HBO Max planning to debut in May. Uh, that's the Warner uh-huh. Brothers streaming service. You've got Universal's streaming service, unfortunately titled Peacock, coming out in june Re- plenty of time to change it nbc universal you can change the name of your streaming service same with you quibi you can change too oh yeah it, yeah do you do you think that there will be then with everything going to vod and to the streaming services that there will be some kind of like horse race for then who gets the most premium you know movies and then there's like a, a race for you know a a streaming service that has the newest stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's basically, you've already got a little bit of that I, with, with all these streaming services, buying their, buying their, their, their movies back and their TV shows back HBO max. Right. I believe they're the ones who are going to have friends. They're going to have a lot of the classic sitcoms. Everyone wants their shows back so they can have the best streaming service. Um, I, I think that's why you saw also Artemis Fowl go to Disney plus Production is shut down on a lot of stuff. People are the Mandalorian uh, is probably not going to hit its release date because obviously production. No, I'm so sorry, baby Yoda. (laughs) And Disney Plus right now, it's got a great collection of classic, you know, kids movies, and it's got a great collection of you know Marvel and Star Wars and all the big brands. But in terms of new content, Disney Plus doesn't None. have that much. People aren't going Nothing. to Disney Plus. Yeah, re- they, I think they've released seven movies maybe so far. And two of them were just added in their nature docs. Uh, well, yeah. I have no problem with their nature docs. Their nature docs are nice. 
Um, but I, I think that's why you saw Artemis Fowl go to Disney Plus because they are thinking, hey, people are stuck inside. We have the streaming service with nothing per- really to add to it and nothing to add for it for quite some time. We got to get people to our to our streaming service. So that's why you, you get those low risk stuff like Artemis Fowl. Uh, you get low risk stuff like Artemis Fowl going there. You've, you, you might see Antlers go to Hulu, but Hulu is such a bad people don't go to Hulu for movies. So I just have a hard time imagining. Uh, a, Sorry to interrupt. I yeah, am, no, go for it. I've I been rambling. So Hulu centric these days. Are because I mean yeah I think you're talking about like a bigger newer releases but man Hulu if if you do some deep diving not even that deep diving they've got a lot of stuff that we had at the festival last year they've got some mm-hmm. some more like indie interesting stuff on there than I originally thought um, it's the only one playing uh, Sorry to Bother You right now yeah um, it's the got amazing some- yeah the amazing Jonathan documentary which you had the, at the film festival last exactly. year that was. Oh, good. I love Tone that documentary. Yeah. If, if, yeah. If people liked Tiger King, they will love amazing Jonathan documentary. It's a better version totally. of Tiger yeah. King. Totally. In a lot of cases. And if we're talking about the, the horse race to get your uh, streaming service up, I think the person, the one, uh, the people who won are mkfilm.org slash sofa cinema. I, I am right so now, glad. I'm legitimately so glad that you guys started that. Well, I'm glad too. I hope. I've, uh, yeah, I've rented Saint Francis. I'm I'm planning on watching that. I'm very excited for Baccarat. Uh, yeah, I, that one's coming up soon. Yeah, it, it was so nice to to start looking at the listings on Sofa Cinema and go back to the way I used to be pre pandemic and be like, "Ooh, is this movie going to stick around for another week?" And I'm like, yeah. oh, <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, am I going to run out of time to see Fantastic Fungi?" It, it was like a little blast of what life used to be like that I that yeah. I missed. Well, that's uh, good. That's what we hope to do yeah. is just make try, try to make things as like business as usual as possible, considering we can't leave the house. Yeah, I I, I missed being able to panic about things not worth panicking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Okay, uh, Matt, thank you so much for coming on and offering some insight. Um, we're gonna wrap it up. This is it. Um, Cinebuds is edited by DJ Kenny Perez. Huzzah. Our theme song is from Milwaukee musician Brett Newski. We get handcrafted sonic inspiration from the License Lab in Wauwatosa. Also, thank you to members of Milwaukee Film and members of 88.9 and anyone who reads on Milwaukee.com. Yeah. And thank you to our guests, Matt Miller and Thank you to the one and only the person that none of this would be possible without. Who is it? Christopher Pollard. Oh, Thank you, Kay Polly. Oh, that's so kind of you all. I would like to give a sh- uh, thank you this week as well. Oh. I would uh, like who? to thank Grandpa Joe, Lieutenant Columbo, Peterson Pollard. Uh, that's my new dog. And uh, he provided a lot of the inspiration for today's show. Wow, thank you, K Polly's dog. Thank you, K Polly. And that's all the thank yous. That's it. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. I can't think of a single other person. All right, that's it. Bye. Bye.